welcome to the Plant Industry News Podcast, co-hosted by me, Shelby Ostriker, Holly Hughes, and Olivia Doyle, with the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Division of Plant Industry. As a regulatory agency of the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, the Division of Plant Industry works to detect, intercept, and control plant and honeybee pests that threaten Florida's native and commercially grown plants and agricultural resources. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, we'll hear from Dr. Trevor Smith from the Director's Desk and Jason Johnson, one of the Assistant Bureau Chiefs of the Bureau of Pest Eradication and Control, as he discusses his position and the duties of his Bureau. Our role is to facilitate business. If we let diseases go, it's going to shut down trade for our, for our industry. It's going, to, it's going to shut down the growers who have been responsible for making Florida as great as it is, especially when it comes to, you know, we're known for our fruit, we're known for our citrus. Finally, stay tuned for news and announcements from the Division Digest. From the Director's Desk with Trevor Smith. Hello, DPI. This is Trevor Smith from the Director's Office. This month, there was a couple of different things I wanted to talk about. Uh, One of them was actually following up on last week or last month's podcast with Matt Brody. And a big part of Matt's career has always been eradication programs and, and different fruit fly campaigns. And I was recently putting together a presentation and I was talking about eradication programs and uh, the last few years, how many we've had and in relation to what. And I realized that this new lychee mite eradication program is actually going to be the eighth eradication program we've had in nine years. And unlike places like California, who are similar to us with fruit fly programs, these were multiple different taxa. So we're talking about 2010 and 11, the cotton seed bug which is a really nasty pest of cotton that was down in the Keys and we were able to eradicate. Uh, 2010 and 11 Mediterranean fruit fly programs, both of those were um, pretty significant programs. Giant African snail, of course, uh, ongoing. Uh, we had the 2015-16 Oriental fruit fly program, which was the largest the state's ever seen. Then just a few months ago, the 2018 uh, Oriental Fruit Fly Eradication Program, also down in Homestead. And then one that a lot of people might not know about that Matt is involved in is the Wild Red Rice Eradication Program, which he did mention. And that's going on in the Everglades. So Matt and others are, you know, wading around up to their chest in alligator-infested waters, pulling out grass. But it's important. It's invasive. And it's an important eradication program, but it shows you the diversity. It's not just us out there knocking out fruit flies. You know, we're dealing with all kinds of different invasive pests. And, uh, and the fact that in the last decade alone, we've tackled so many is just incredible and really a testament to um, the abilities of our staff in the field and, and in the labs. In other news this month, we had our spring awards and. Uh, We do two different uh, award ceremonies for that. We do one down in Sebring for our South Florida folks. The other one we do in Gainesville for the North Florida and Central Florida folks. And I think that went really well. That's a really important thing for us at the administrative level. And I know it is for everybody uh, at DPI because 
it's not just recognizing all the extraordinary work that goes on and the amazing people. It's also the fact that fellow employees can nominate fellow employees. It's not just your supervisor. It's not just administration. Anybody can nominate anybody. And this year we had a new award, which was the team award. And I think that's another one that's really important because there is rarely anything that goes on here at the division that's not team, you know, in some way involves a team. There's very few scenarios where just an individual is working on something by themselves. Um, so that was great to see those awards. We were able to recognize uh, quite a few people, obviously things like fruit fly programs, but also things that are really important and not necessarily quite as sexy like saw palmetto berry and things that might be um, uh, more administrative in nature but always going on in the background, allowing us to do our work in the field. And those people need to be acknowledged and they definitely need to be acknowledged as a team because especially the administrative units, those are almost all team efforts and they're going on in the background all the time. So that was just kind of some observations from me on, on eradication programs and just an update on what went on this month in the division. I look forward to giving you another update next month. Thanks. When you travel by land, sea, or air, ask, can I bring it, and declare agricultural items. With your help, we can safeguard natural resources and protect the food supply from invasive pests and disease. Whatever your destination, enjoy the journey, and remember, don't pack a pest. On this episode of Plant Industry News, we have with us Jason Johnson. Welcome, Jason. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am the uh, System Bureau Chief for Pest Eradication and Control under the Citrus Health and Response Program. I'm a local Florida guy, born and raised here. Went to Florida Southern, got my citrus production degree, and then um, ended up working for DPI down the road. So I kind of started out in the production side of things. I worked for ornamental nurseries, I grew poinsettias, moms, those sort of things. And then had the opportunity to come to DPI when the citrus nursery inspection program began back in 2006. And so that's that was my uh, initiation, so to speak, of starting with the Division of Plant Industry. So I began in that facet of my career with the department helping to establish and organize that that program for our for our citrus nurseries moving from outdoor field grown citrus into the indoor facilities that we grow into now so i was able to stay in my field mm -hmm. and then be able to work with the growers in a, in a different facet where I, instead of a production side I got to be in the rulemaking process and figuring out how, um, well, really how the whole program worked because we started from nothing. So it was it was myself and Justin Ezel began the program and then we developed it and hired six inspectors and then kind of grew it from there and then was able to work with the growers on how this change would take place. And so it, it was an interesting time of learning how to how to do it in a different way. 
with the types of pressure that we were getting from citrus greening and diseases and these sort of things, it was necessary for the industry to move indoors to protect the citrus stock that we had going out into the field. So it was a time that we realized, yes, we're putting it out into the elements, but at least we were starting with clean material. So that that was my start of the career. I did that for nine years. And then I kind of got the bug to go and be a farmer again and get into production. I had an opportunity with um, with a company to grow organic blueberries in pots and coconut core, like really new, innovative type things that we were growing under hoop houses, just something that wasn't really being done here in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to go and develop a farm, basically. So we st- I started doing that, and I grew berries for two years with a company, and then had an opportunity to come back to the department. And my real the real reason I wanted to come back was because of my love for the citrus industry. I wanted to be back involved with the growers. I wanted to be I wanted to be back in it, but in a different kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity to come and be the um, be the assistant bureau chief here now, and switch roles from working with the nursery growers to working with the actual citrus growers in the field. So, what originally sparked your interest in citrus? Because I heard you say that you graduated Florida Southern with citrus production. Mm-hmm. But what was the original spark for you? I think the original spark was just I grew up in Highlands County. You know, that's all we knew then was, was citrus. My mother worked for a citrus grower, C. Elton Cruz. And so as I, as a young kid growing up and wanting summer jobs and doing these things, that's that was that was my end, right? Yeah. She was able to get me a job. And so I got to learn the citrus industry through Mr. Cruz, who he, he was such a major influence at the time, going from not from concentrate juice and using micro sprinkler irrigation and doing these sort of things and following and actually being able to ride with him and learn from him. I still quote it to this day. His greatest quote to me was the best fertilizer on a farm is the grower's footsteps. And so being in that mindset and learning what it took to grow oranges and and being in the field really sparked my interest. And then I was able to continue my my career going up through high school and into college, working in the citrus groves with him, and then able to also work on the cattle side and do that. I wanted to be a cowboy for a while. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, I do. I, that was like, I was like, you know, I'm going to be independent. I'm going to be a cowboy. This is going to be day worker. That's what it's going to be, you know. John Wayne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, you're like, this is pretty tough, you know? And um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys just beat you up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I graduated high school, I, I originally went off to school in Virginia and was pursuing an agricultural degree, but what I was pursuing there was nothing relative to what I had ever done in Florida. You know, it was all, it was a lot of dairy. It was a lot of cattle with some other things. And I might want to be more plant science based. So then I made to the move back to um, back home and got my two-year AS degree from South Florida, what was then community college, now state college. And by that time, I was like, I was burned out with school. And I was like, I'm just going to go get a job. Mm-hmm. 
So I interviewed with a company and I knew another friend, another acquaintance of mine had interviewed with them as well. And he had just graduated from Florida Southern. And so come to find out that they offered the job to him and he declined. Well, then they came to me and offered me the job and uh, it was for a production job. And right then and there, I made my decision. You know, I'm never I don't ever want to be passed up again. So I went and and finished my uh, my education at Florida Southern. That's how I ended there. I was under the tutelage of Lori Herner at South Florida. And then her dad, Tim Herner, was at Florida Southern. And so they kind of recruited me to come in. And it by far the best decision I ever made. So I ended up at Florida Southern with directly related, you know, citrus production, plant science, and then ended up, you know, where I am today through that. So now in your role as assistant chief, what what do you do? What are you responsible for? Mm-hmm. What would a typical day look like for you? <laughs> a typical day? I, I don't know that there is a typical day. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm mainly based out of the office in Winter Haven, mm-hmm. but I go to a Mockley office, I go to our Avon Park office, our Vera Beach office. So there's nothing typical about a day. For instance, you know, yesterday we're we're putting in irrigation for the compound here, and then I'm going to do an interview for a position that we have open here, you know. So um, I have a lot, a, a lot of my responsibilities come with my direct reports here at Winter Haven, or I have the maintenance crew here, I also deal with all of our vehicles here in Winter Haven, and I deal with our our staff on, on a regular daily basis, mm-hmm. helping them through the administrative process of whether it's hiring or firing, for that matter. But then I also get the ability to go to grower meetings and listen to what's going on in the industry mm-hmm. and um, and be on that side, which is that's where I you know I love that part of it right. too. But I also understand that you know the other side of it is we're running a business here. And so, you know, being responsible for employees and other offices and making sure things are going well. And if they're not, how do we correct them in order to move in the right direction? So motivating employees, keeping morale up, kind of changing the way things are done sometimes. You know, we get stuck in our rut sometimes based on this is how we've always done it. And so the ability for me to come back and step into this role was... My boss gives me ability to go and 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 make the change and do the change. Now, obviously, things flow through her, but um, so there's there's no typical day. You know, we're moving vehicles. Also, I'm in charge of the properties that some of the properties that we own, from our Dundee facility to our Lake Fanny to our old fumigation facility, and we still have to maintain and take care of these facilities as well. So, I mean, we're loading tractors and moving equipment out there to keep them mowed and herbicide and, and those sort of things as well. We pushed all of our grove in the Dundee block and I was able to work with forestry. And, and this job gives you the ability to, to work with everyone, mm-hmm. you know. And so I still am able to get out into the field and work with plant inspectors and do some other things. Not as much as I probably would like to, but I understand that's not my role anymore yeah. as well, you know. Yeah. So speaking of getting out into the field, what are some of the most significant pests that you would say PE&C is working on to eradicate or control? Yeah, I mean, obviously right now, the biggest thing on our radar is citrus black spot. Right. That's where a lot of our efforts are concentrated. But we're 
also concentrated on what's coming down the line, you know, with leprosis, for instance. I mean, we have the mite here in Florida. And so another one of the things that I've done over the past year is bringing in employees to, to do updated trainings mm-hmm. and learning what else is out there and what to keep an eye on. And then we just had a great field training last week with some other offices that are not, they're not dealing with black spot every day like our Immokalee folks are, you know. So we were able to take groups of them down there and see it in the field. Mm-hmm. And so, but black spot's definitely the big one right now, you know. We were at a, it, it's moved a little bit north now, so the quarantine's expanded. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to talk with some other growers and go went to a grower meeting last week. We had a roundtable discussion with some growers from Highlands County Citrus Growers Association and, you know, had to, had to be the bearer of bad news. Mm-hmm. But... They know that we're there to facilitate business. You know, I mean, early detection is the key with these, with these diseases. And also being able to show that it's possible to control this disease in particular, you know, with what the growers are, are able to do, there's spots where we can't find it anymore. Right. It is a disease that we can control to a certain point. Unlike, you know, greening that just, just ran wild on us, you know. So that's the big one, but like I said, looking into the future of leprosis or citra variegated chlorosis and some of these other things. We have the sharpshooter here now that's in Florida that does Pierce's disease in grapes. Mm-hmm. And so it's also the vector for uh, citrus variegated chlorosis. Mm-hmm. So um, just staying in tune with what's going on and then making sure our staff understands that as well. Sure. I mean, that's our role, you know. Yeah. That's our role is, is is to try and find it so that we can prevent the spread of it. And Florida is that big thumb sticking out there, you know, that everything comes here. Right. And with our weather, everything survives here. But at the same time, we could find a fly tomorrow and I'll kick into another gear. Yeah. And we'll start doing, you know, we'll st- everything for the fruit fly program is housed here in Winter Haven. And like with the last outbreak we had, we're on it. You know, I have to be out there to start making sure our vehicles are up and ready to go. It's a constant maintenance thing there that we're always working on here with our trailers and our vehicles and our semis and and getting all the logistics ready to be able to send that south to, uh, well, send it wherever, I guess, based upon the based upon the fine. So. For our listeners, if uh, you don't know what Citrus Black Spot is or you want to learn more about Citrus Black Spot, head back to episode three where we interviewed Callie Walker about the disease specifically, and you'll get to learn more about what Jason just discussed with Citrus Black Spot. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit, but why is it important for our division to stay ahead or stay on top of these invasive pests and diseases, like you mentioned, you know, citrus black spot, and what would happen? I mean, I hate to say it, but what would happen if we didn't? Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned earlier, our our role is to facilitate business. If we let diseases go, it's going to shut down trade for for our industry. It's going to, it's going to shut down the growers who have been responsible for making Florida as great as it is, especially when it comes to you know, we're known for our fruit or known for our citrus, you know, so the impact is great, especially, I mean, trying to secure our borders or these points of, of interest that, you know, our, our ports and these sort of things where these things come in. And the thing about it is, is, is getting the public to understand 
what they could possibly be bringing in and they just don't realize it, you know? So the outreach that, that we're getting into now and trying to spread the word and and the things that the department has worked on for a really long time has done a good job, but the impact's great. I mean, it, it, it could mean the end of an industry for us, but you know, there's so many other things like, like the leaching mite that's out there now, or like I mentioned, any fruit fly that comes into the state, I mean, it's not just citrus, it attacks all kinds of crops, hundreds of crops. With Florida, we're able to grow and we're so diverse that one pass could just really hit us so hard, especially in trade and trying to trying to have that fresh from Florida product out there in the marketplace. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the biggest impact. That's why that's why the early detection is so key. Mm Things are going to come in. We're not going to prevent it, you know, it, but we can help stop the spread of it if we can find it early enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, there are some serious weather events that happen in Florida that that damage our agriculture industry and spread those pests. But how is the citrus industry recovering from the damage caused by Hurricane Irma? They're recovering. Um Obviously, the first thing that you notice, the recovery comes from crop loading. We, we lost so much fruit due to the storm because of the time that it hit. I mean, we're right at harvest time. Right. So that that has came back. That's why, you, you know, the numbers are going to be up this year as far as fruit goes. The one thing that I don't know that we've recovered from yet, and I don't know that we've seen all the impacts yet. I think growers are seeing the impacts is the actual stress that it causes the trees and how long the actual recovery time is from that. Mm -hmm. It's not a, you know, they were put under a lot of stress. They were underwater. They were wind blown and just wreaked havoc. So I think that it takes multiple seasons to actually find out how bad it really was Mm -hmm. um, in certain areas. Tree stress is a big deal that even growers were just mentioning last week in a meeting. They, they're seeing a lot of trees that are not recovering. And it's not just now, yes, they're weakened by, by disease, but there's more to it. And a lot of it, they're relating back to Irma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we've seen all the impacts yet come to fruition from Irma. It's, it's going to be a little bit yet, um, especially with tree decline and some of those things. Sure. So you mentioned getting to interact, you know, pretty regularly with growers Mm -hmm. and that you really enjoy that. What are some other things that you enjoy most about your job? I I enjoy being able to work with good people all the time. The people that work for this department, you hardly meet a bad person, you know. And so the camaraderie that the department has, especially, um, you know, since Dr. Smith and the new leadership has taken over, there's been a big, big emphasis on getting leadership together. And, and they're getting their vision out there and it, it's become more widespread through the department and with the leadership from the past of becoming that one team, one jersey type mentality. Mm-hmm. To me, I enjoy working with the people that we have here, you know, whether you're in Gainesville or Immokalee or wherever. And there's never been a time that I couldn't reach out to someone or another office and someone I may never even had contact with before to where they're not willing to come and help you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's one of the most enjoyable things. Another part of the job that I get to that I get to do is work with our citrus arboretum here in Winter Haven. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a small five acre piece here that is a it's a showpiece. 
And so it has so many different varieties and things like that from around the world that we have here. And we've been able to actually start caretaking it and start care for it. So for me, I get to be a part of that. So I'm making decisions on, on sprays that we're using and fertilization. So I still get my, my fix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> on, of, of, of growing, yeah. you know, and so we're, we're, we're trying to treat it like it would be in a, in a commercial production setting, mm -hmm. even though a lot of the fruit you probably would never want to eat, <laughs> you know, but we have seed source trees and different things like in there that we're harvesting for our budwood facility. And so that's a really cool part of it too, that, you know, that I get to be a part of. And we've been able to actually get some new equipment and things like that. Like we look like we know what we're doing. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, it's been fun. We we hired a new guy to be our, our production guy for out there. And so being able to implement knowledge that I've learned and knowledge that I gained from the industry leaders, that's a really cool part of the job, too. Yeah, well, it sounds like you really love your job and you've gotten to combine your passions a little bit. I know it's cool, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, when when I came back and we were looking at it's like, you know, we need to do some rehab and let's try and do some different things. Let's reset trees. Let's let's you know let's get it to where it should be, mm -hmm. so that we still have many researchers that come out here and, and look at it, and visitors from the outside. I mean, we have some we have great pumelos out there, you know that you you don't see a lot of that around the state. We're also able to do outreach with our breeding as well, and so that's another great part of it. Um, so what is it like you, you know, you've mentioned that you're based out of Winter Haven, but mm -hmm. that you do travel to a lot of offices down South. So what is it like working outside of the headquarters in Gainesville? Well, it's, it's great to, I, I use this a lot with employees who are new, right? Especially when they come in and they have, they don't realize the scope of us. They don't realize how big it is, actually. They're stuck in their little hole. Maybe they were an OPS employee or who comes in, and now they're going to be a, an FTE employee, and they get to go through the new employee orientation and these things. And to see Tallahassee, and now we've added Gainesville into that mix as well, it gives them a great overview of, wow, this is there's a lot going on here, you yeah. know? For me, I, I've always... I've. I've been fortunate enough to to be able to visit Gainesville many times and and work with the staff. And even there, it's such an open door policy. You know, I mean, where else can you go and just walk straight into your your boss's office and say, "Hey, you know." So for us, it, it you know, I never feel a disconnect. Mm -hmm. You know, I I always feel connected to to Gainesville and the other places because of. Because of uh, because of our leadership and administration who has made it that way, so it's great for me to just be able to walk in there and, and go say hey or stick my head in the door and and go see Tony Dunn and tell him all the computer issues I'm having or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it be, shout you know? out Tony. Yeah, there you go, bud. So yeah, the, I I never feel a disconnect, and like I said, it's so great to get our employees that are coming on board to see the house, the scope of of DPI mm -hmm. and what all we really do because. You don't realize it until you get up there and you see all these different people and you're like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. But I hope that it's encouraging for like the public to have all of these offices spread around the state to have our presence in like their hometowns and local communities and everything mm -hmm. instead of us all being based out of one location right. and feel like they don't really know what's going on in the industry that I'm growing because they're at the top of the state and I'm at the bottom. 
Right. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. So, and there's there's been a um, I think there's been a shift of, you know, we always talked about uh, that's how it's done in Tallahassee or that's what goes on in Tallahassee when really it works down through the department to us. And so to me, everyone's there to help, you know, and so even the new supervisor training that they have in Tallahassee is, I mean, the training in general that they're putting in now is it's it's so much greater. Yeah. I mean, it was good before, but it's great now. Mm-hmm. It, it really speaks volume. So, like, when I came back to the department, they're like, you have to go to NEO again. I'm like, what? I've already <laughs> been did, to NEO. I did yeah. that already. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I already did that. But it was it was great. When I went again, I it, it drew me in so much more. And it, it was, um, I was like, wow, we've changed a lot, you know, just in the little time that I've been gone. And then again, they're like, okay, now you're going back for supervisor training. I'm like, I've already done that too, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the emphasis they're putting on to it now and the people that they have in there, I learned a lot. The colors thing is really I was going to cool, say, you know? what, what's your color? I'm orange all orange. the way. I'm like oh. strong orange. Oh my gosh, that's my complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Holly, what are yeah. you? I'm a gold. Oh, I'm a blue gold. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so me, like... Yeah, I'm not going to stay in one place too long. You know, I, I want to do it, get done and move on to the next. So for me to actually, so I learned a lot about who I am, you know, having them forcing me to go back into this training <laughs> again was, uh, was one of the best moves I made. And now I encourage all of our new employees who come in and I tell them, look, you're going to love it. I know, you know, and now that they're bringing them through Gainesville, I, that that's a big addition mm-hmm, yeah. because before you just went to Tallahassee, then you drove right by the office in Gainesville, right. and now them taking them into theirs. Yeah, they get to see the whole scope because yeah. we have some world-renowned entomologists. And, oh yeah, you know, I we do so much at DPI, and mm-hmm. like Holly it, said, all these offices are important. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when you talk about DPI, you don't think of bees. You know, and the apiary no. part of it as well. That was really that was that that's always been one of the fun parts to me is to go up there and, and learn the different parts of uh, what all we do. Yeah, Shelby and I were able to uh, shadow Carmen out of Date City oh, for nice. a day for our blog, and yeah. I'm I didn't know anything about bees, and I just learned so much from him that day, mm-hmm. and I got stung. So yeah, <laughs> you know that that nice completes the day, right? Yeah, that's right. It does. Yeah, it does. So my only really like follow-up question is whenever you're talking about Neo and, and going up there, they really talk about, you know, we want you to enjoy your work, but we want you to enjoy your life outside of work. Mm. So do you, you have any hobbies that you like to do in your free time? Cowboy, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's funny you said I just bought like three cows because the tax man was on me, you know, uh-huh. and so I, <laughs> I wanted to get my ag exemption, <laughs> and uh, so my wife and I are lucky enough to purchase what we, which is our dream house. We were able, we've got 11 acres now and a house, and um, I have two young, I have a six-year-old daughter, Graceland, and nine-year-old son, Charlie. We were in this real community where you're like, you can reach out and touch the neighbor's house. Yeah. For us, now all of a sudden we have like this sprawling land that... <laughs> And where I, I just want my kids to grow up and be kids, you know, and yeah. get dirty and get muddy, but also learn the responsibilities of what it takes to take care of all these kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm back in the cow business. <laughs> I got three cows that I got from Arcadia Stockyard the there other night, go. and they are just wild as all can be. <laughs> but I was in a little bit of a hurry. So, you know, we, uh, we had quite an incident this weekend. My dog got out, started chasing cows. <laughs> run around them but 
I had the kids out there, we're gathering the cows, getting the dog away, doing these sort of things. So me right now, my biggest hobby is the property, right? Mm -hmm. I'm digging a pond out. Right now I'm kind of clearing the land because I also have deer that come across there and stuff. And so we're setting up, you know, feeders and these sort of things. We'll have a pretty good sized garden going on as we get, you know, everything in place. So, so those type of things for me now, it's all about family for me. When I leave work, I get to go home and spend time with them. We also have the ability that we can spend the time with our families, you know. It's a great place to know that people are family oriented here. Mm -hmm. And that's also a huge draw to coming back to work for these, for, for the department was me being able to have that time with my family when I needed. Mm -hmm. And so right now we're, we're basketball, we're baseball, we're cheerleading, we're acro, you know, we have all these things going on. And so that's, that's what it's all about right now, because there are pretty soon there won't be practice to go to mm -hmm. anymore. I don't get to fish as much as I'd like to, you know, but it's okay. And Maybe so, once you get that pond dug. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I got big plans, you know. Yeah. I got big plans. So that that's it. That's on the weekends and everything. I, I want to go out to the country and be at my house. And then I don't want to come back into town until Monday when I have to go to work. Yeah. You know, so it's been very, very rewarding. And when you have a happy work life, it turns into a happy home life. And it all kind of just... It just comes together, you know, and so I'm in just in a really good place right now with everything, with, with job and family and everything. So, so yeah, those are my biggest hobbies. I mean, I I, I love to fish and play golf and, and those sort of activities as well. I, me being an orange, I'm competitive, so I need something sometimes to, to get some competition mm -hmm. going. So, yeah, it's been good. So you're Farmer Johnson for now. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Farmer Johnson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much for Absolutely. being with us today. Um, I hope our listeners enjoyed your interview as much as we did. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys very much. I appreciate y'all. Be sure to check out DPI's latest video on YouTube entitled Safeguarding Florida. It all begins with diagnostics. A video taking an in-depth look at the Bureau of Entomology, Nematology, Plant Pathology, and Botany. This is the Division Digest. We are excited to welcome many new employees to the department this month. Join me in welcoming Lily Dieter, Lynn Comby, Jude Gasparo Brewer, Charles Kelly, Dr. Eileen Buss, Jonathan Bremer, Emily Gregory, Ben Davis, Terry Lavaud, and Kevin Burnett to the Bureau of Entomology, Nematology, Plant Pathology, and Botany, and Cassie Kelm to the Bureau of Methods Development and Biological Control here at the Division of Plant Industry. We would like to introduce the newest member of the DPI permit team, Nicole Casuso, DPM. Nicole completed her DPM program in May of 2017 and has been teaching agri-science at Fort King Middle School in Ocala. From August of 2016 to June of 2017, Nicole worked as an information specialist with the TA section at DPI, where she worked on various projects, including an integrated exhibit for the Florida State Fair and created new printed educational material and interactive displays. Nicole will take an active role in the expansion of the permit team and wear many hats in her new position, including quarantine officer, 
Permit Team Coordinator in Permit Webpage Development. Welcome back, Nicole. Thanks for tuning in to Plant Industry News. We appreciate our special guests for keeping us informed and updated. Follow us on social media at FDAXDPI. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, or announcements you think should be included, email us at dpi-blog at freshfromflorida.com. This podcast was produced in part by Olivia Doyle, Holly Hughes, and Shelby Ostriker. Don't bug us. We'll have another episode next month.